I want to say something about the mission trip. You know, it's coming up in July. We need to know probably by the end of next month who can go. So really pray about it because uh, if you leave it up to yourself, you'll, you'll find an excuse not to go. I think I made excuses for about four years on why not to go. So pray about it because Satan's going to give you all kinds of excuses not to go. But pray and listen to what God has for you. So will you please stand? It's going to be 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27. It says, Do you, know, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things, and they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but as I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest I have, lest I have when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, and thank you for this opportunity just to come and just deliver your message. Father, I pray that this message will just resonate into our hearts and our minds. Father, I pray that you just remove me from the situation and just let your words flow through me. Father, I love you, I praise you, and I give you the glory. As she thanks in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> so when we talk about training, the last thing we probably think about is training to be a good Christian. For the most part, we've probably been taught that once we invite Jesus into our hearts, we're good to go. We don't have to worry about nothing else. When we think about training, we usually think about sports. You know, you don't just wake up one morning, pick up a football, and go play quarterback in the Super Bowl. But if that's something that you want to do, it's going to take dedication. You're going to have to practice many hours in your life, work harder than anyone else. You've got to be the first one at practice and the last one to leave. You have to learn your playbook, learn how to read the other team's defense. You learn to listen to others and take their advice. You spend summer at camps to help you reach your goal while your friends spend their summer at the pool and hanging out with, and having fun. You have to learn to take positive criticism from your coaches while at the same time learning how to block out negative criticism from others. You learn how to be humble in victories and in losses. You stick to a healthier diet than others around you. You have to be self-disciplined enough to not skip out on practice because your friends invited you to a party or a ski trip. You have to make a personal decision that this is what you want and strive for it every day. And it's like that with all sports. I'm mean, sure you can just go out there and play just for the fun and just be an average player. But if you want to be the best that you can be at it, it takes, it's going to take effort in your part. And see, this is not just in sports. This is in everything we do in our lives. We don't just pick up a hammer and think you can go build yourself a house unless you're Dean. <laughs> you wouldn't just put on a pair of scrubs and go think you can perform heart surgery. You wouldn't pick up a pair of scissors and think you can go cut somebody's hair. So everything we do in life requires us to have self-discipline, training, and a good work ethic. Whether it's in sports, works, or our personal goals, it all takes effort to reach our goal. See, right before Christmas, I decided that I wanted to eat better and lose weight. You probably can't tell from the front, but it's more of a profile view. <laughs> so I had to make a plan of what I was going to do, and I had to stick with it. See, I love Dr. Pepper. I would drink four or five of them a day. But I knew it had to go. Cakes, pies, candies, 
They all had to go. Now remember, this is right before Christmas, and my wife and daughter thought they opened a bakery in the house. Every day they were cooking something else. So it, there was temptations everywhere. And I even had people telling me, why don't you just wait till after Christmas before you start this? But see, along with eating better, I also knew I had to exercise. That's funny to you, ain't it? <laughs> so I decided that I was going to walk a mile every day, and I was going to work out at home at least four times a week. And then on Sundays, I was going to take off, of course. So right after I made this decision, you know, that big cold front came in. <laughs> so I could have easily stopped, and I could have waited till it warmed back up before I started back. And that would have been justifiable because it was cold, cold, you know. But I had to force myself to get up every day and to go. And we have a very, very busy schedule. We get up in the mornings, we go feed pigs, we go to work, we come home from work, Amber's got practice or games, so we're chasing her everywhere. We gotta feed the pigs again. We have Emmaus meetings all over everywhere that we go to. Men's group, youth on Wednesdays, board meetings, elders meetings. Man, I've got all kinds of stuff going on, you know? More importantly, we still gotta find time to take care of the house and, and be at a family. You know, there's a lot of times we get back from Amory's game and it's nine o'clock at night and we have to go walk. Or we run home as soon as we get off work and try to get it in before we have to go do everything. So I've got all kinds of excuses that I could use to get out of it. But I've had to dis discipline myself every day to go and to reach my, every day to go walk in order to reach my goal. But see, here's what causes most people to give up on their goals. Not getting the results as fast as they want them. See, in my head, if I go without drinking a Dr. Pepper or eating sweets for a day and I don't walk the mile, I should have dropped 10 pounds. <laughs> I want those instant results, you know? There is no point in keeping, do, keeping this up if it ain't going to work, right? So I know what my goal weight is, and in my mind, I should have reached that in like a week. But in reality, that's not the way things work. It's going to take several months of discipline, sacrifice, and self-control in order to reach my goal. And even when I reach my goal, I still have to be disciplined enough to stick to the diet and exercise or I'll just gain it all back. So if we're going to put this kind of effort into sports, our jobs, and our personal lives, what makes us think we don't have to put it into our Christian life? You see, we can't wake up one morning, call ourselves a Christian, pack up all of our stuff and move to Africa and be a missionary for the rest of our lives. We have to put in the work and the studying and allow God to lead us to where he wants us not make choices on our own. We have to be willing to sacrifice our personal desires in order to make room for God's will in our lives. See, we have to learn self-discipline. Now, when we first give our hearts and lives over to Jesus, we're going to be hit with all kinds of temptations. Most of us in here know that the enemy is always going to throw our old guilty pleasures at us to try to get us to fail and then to tell us that we're not worthy. So whether it's excessive drinking, drugs, premarital relationships, gambling, idolatry, gossip, or whatever else it may be. The moment you try to change your life, Satan's going to throw these things at you. Your friends and sometimes even your families are going to try to talk you out of changing your life by saying things like, why don't you just wait till next month before you start this? You know, we've already had plans, and it's not going to be as much fun if you change your life. For you young kids that are fixing to go off to college, why don't you just wait till after college before you change your life? Have fun while you can. You can always change when you get older. 
How about this? Being a Christian is boring. They don't get to do anything fun. They just work and go home and sit there. See, these are all lies. And even though they come from your friends and family, they're actually coming from Satan. Because he wants to postpone the change in your life so that he can get his claws deeper into you. See, we're all going to be tempted. That's just the fact of life. But we can't overcome them. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with temptation, you will all, he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. See, what Paul is saying here is this happens to everybody. And others have made it through there, so you can too. God will always give you a way to escape the temptation. Jesus said in Matthew 26, 41, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, Jesus is telling us to be alert of the possibilities of temptations around us. We have to be more conscious on who we hang out with and what we hang around. And that we should pray, because our flesh is weak and will fail on its own. See, we need God's strength in order to overcome Satan's power. Temptations will always be there, but with God we can overcome them, and we will be rewarded for them. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptations. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. We also have to be self-disciplined on what we put into our minds. See, when I made the choice to start eating better, it wasn't just a matter of cutting out sweets and Dr. Pepper. I had to cut out some of the foods that I really enjoyed, like pizza and fried food. You see, in Texas, we have two ways of cooking. We fry it or we wrap it in bacon. But even though I enjoy those foods, they weren't good for me, and I knew I had to make sure that what, the food that I was putting into my body was going to help me reach my goal. In the same way, in our Christian lifestyle, if we want to grow in Christ, we can't be putting junk into our minds. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. See, when a person drinks too much, they begin to stumble when they walk. If we as Christians are filling our minds with stuff that doesn't glorify God, we too will begin to stumble. We are to be filled with the Spirit, but we can't be filled with something that we don't consume. So you're not going to have very good results if you're trying to fill a swimming pool with water while you're putting dirt in it. In the same way, we need to be cautious of what we put in our minds. Paul says to put on the helmet of salvation. You see, the helmet covers the ears and protects us from letting Satan's lies get into our minds. We need to fill our minds and hearts with things that glorify God in order to be filled with the Spirit. And the way we do that is, by the, is through the Word of God. Daily studying of Scripture is an essential part of being a good Christian. Finding time in our busy lives should be a priority to us. See, Satan likes to keep us so busy that we, don't, that we don't have time to read our Bible, much less be able to meditate on it. See, it's not something that you can just read a chapter or two and check the box and say you got it done for the day. We need to be able to spend time meditating on it, letting it resonate in our heart, and speaking to God and listening to God. You've got to find some quiet time in order to listen to what God is telling you through his word. See, the Bible is a personal conversation between you and God. Yes, you can do group Bible studies and learn lots of things, but God speaks to us personally through reading of his word. So if you have a busy schedule and you have a hard time making time to be able to read, just get up earlier. See, it takes discipline and commitment. 
The enemy will always try to make you tired and make you busy. Satan knows the more time you spend in the word, the more your faith and your love for God will grow, and that's the last thing he wants. James 4, 7 says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The more time you spend in the word, the more you resist the devil. The more time you spend meditating on the word, the less time you spend thinking about the world. And the more you listen to God's voice, the less you hear the enemy's lies. And we have to put into practice the things we learn from studying the Bible. See, there's no point in knowing the Bible if you're not going to apply it to your life. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is with you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. See, most people will go yearly to give a physical checkup. But Paul's saying that we should do a spiritual checkup as well. Do you have a growing awareness of Jesus' presence and power in your lives? Do we take opportunities to serve or do we make excuses why we can't? Do we deny ourselves in order to follow God's will? Or do we give in to our own personal desires? See, these are ways of knowing if we're just reading the word or for living out the word. Jesus said he came to serve, not to be served. So do we have that same mentality? Are we so blinded by our own selfish pride that we don't even see the needs of others? In order to be able to get to where we need to be in Christ, we have to put it into practice. We need to work on being more like Christ every day. See, we'll never be perfect until we stand face to face with Jesus. But we should work towards that goal daily by following his teachings. It takes dedication. It takes commitment. And the minute you take a day off, the enemy's going to be coming running in at full force. You see, in battle, a soldier will always aim for the weakest spot on the armor. So when we let our guard down, the enemy will always attack. And Satan's very smart. He's had 6,000 years practice at manipulating humans. And many times, we don't even realize that we were attacked. See, Satan doesn't have to take us down with one fatal blow. He can use several little hits that slowly knock you off your path. And lastly, we need to remember that our reward for living a true Christian life is spending eternity in the presence of God. See, we're not promised a happy life on earth. We've got to remember there's a difference between happy and joy. We're not promised to be rich while we're on this earth. We're not promised a perfect life. In fact, 2 Timothy 3.12 says all who follow God will be persecuted. John 15.18, Jesus says the world will hate us. See, that doesn't sound like the best way of selling something, promises of persecution and of being hated. But here's the good news. Matthew 5.10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, we are promised the kingdom of heaven. And what could be better than that? But this is a lifetime commitment that does require self-denial, sacrifice, and discipline. But the reward is going to be far better than our minds are ever capable of imagining. So stand firm in the faith. And I'll close with this verse. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not, only to, and not to me only, but also to all those who have loved his appealing. See, we should live our life in a manner that when our time has come, and our day is near, 
that we can say those same words with the confidence that Paul spoke them. Will you please stand? The altar will be open for anyone that needs prayer or would like to join the church or would like to accept Jesus into their heart for the first time. So we pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day and I thank you for this message. Father, I just pray that it will just resonate in our hearts and in our minds. And Father, that you will speak to each and every one of us. Father, I pray for opportunities just to serve and just to glorify you. Father, I ask that you'll just lead us and guide us in all that we do. Father, I love you and I praise you. I ask you things in Jesus' name. Amen.